where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. Today is technically the 12th day of Christmas, but with Epiphany being tomorrow, we are celebrating Epiphany here today. And we will be hearing the story, as you might have guessed, from our song of the Magi and their travels to Bethlehem. Epiphany is sometimes celebrated as the baptism of Jesus, and the point either way is that Epiphany is the aha moment for the people who came to know in Jesus the Christ, who was the light of the world. Let us hear first this morning a reading from the prophet Isaiah promising this light. Arise, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. They shall be radiant. Your hearts shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of nations shall come to you. And a multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels from Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense. They shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Amen. And when you know the story, you hear, of course, the precursors already to the story that we are going to read in a minute about the wise people or the Magi as they visited. The Magi were Gentiles. And that is the piece of this story that Matthew wants to draw attention to. Luke gives us shepherds and the stable, and Matthew gives us the Magi and the star that they follow. And Matthew's point when he tells this story is to show that the covenantal promise of Jesus was a promise for all people. That's why it mattered to Matthew that the Magi weren't Jewish. The promise was reaching out and it was expanding. And sometimes this story gets preached in a way that says all people must become Christian. Or all people who aren't Christian are wrong because the promise of Jesus is for everybody. But I think that the profound beauty of seeing the Bible as this living, still speaking book of God, the way that we see it, is that we recognize that what this story meant to first century Jewish Jesus followers who were persecuted for their beliefs is different than what it means to 21st century Christians here in the United States who hold a majority of religious belief. Perhaps what the Magi say to us today is that we owe a debt of gratitude to those people that came before us, to the other faiths that shone the light long before we came on the scene, and the other ones who show and continue to illuminate our own path today. 
And you might guess that I am speaking with a particular sense of urgency this morning. As we have seen a rash of anti-Semitism spread across the United States, particularly in these past two weeks. And I know that this congregation already cares deeply about interfaith relationships, and I know that Reverend Sarah has done some important reflecting on this too. But I also know that I hear our Jewish friends and our Jewish neighbors saying that they are afraid. And so I am lifting this up again today. The truth is that there are parts of the New Testament that either are or are interpreted to be anti-Jewish. And because they try to stake Christianity's claims so starkly, they also end up being anti-Hindu and anti-Muslim and anti-Buddhist. And as long as we continue to read these in public or in private, I think we also have to speak about the place that they hold in our faith. And I think that place is both beautiful and dangerous. As we turn to this story then today, I invite you, instead of hearing it as proof that Christianity is going to overcome all religions, to hear it as proof that God's light shines on all people and that God's star is big enough to illuminate a path no matter how we understand it and bring us truth however we experience it. Reading from Matthew 2. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage. And when they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt. And opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, of frankincense, and myrrh. And then having been warned in a dream... Not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. In 1895, Henry Van Dyke wrote a story that I love called The Fourth Wise Man. And it introduced the world to a Zoroastrian priest named Artaban. Artaban sees the star, as the other magi do, and he makes plans to connect with his friends. And then he gathers together some other priests and he invites them to join too. And he says, Balthazar and Caspar and Melchior are going to find the star and I am going with them. And one by one he invites each of his friends to go and one by one each of them makes an excuse. One is newly married and the other is too busy with his job at the royal treasury and another one doubts that this prophecy was really meant to come true and another one doubts that this is the star at all. 
So Artaban presses on and he leaves his house. And then through circumstance after circumstance, he never makes it to Bethlehem. The entire book is Artaban never getting there. He spends his life looking for the Christ child. From Bethlehem to Egypt to Galilee and then finally to Jerusalem 33 years later. And Jesus is always just out of his grasp. He's carried with him these gifts that he never gets to give the way the other magi got to give their gift. We understand that fear. There is a fear of missing out that is so ingrained in us, it's become its own acronym. And social media might have made the fear of missing out or FOMO more prevalent, but I think it is human nature to wonder if something somewhere is happening without us. It might be why the art of presence is so hard to practice. But there's a spiritual fear of missing out, too. And this is what Artaban knows. Spiritual fear of missing out is that deep, agonizing sense that somehow we have missed God's purpose for us. Somehow, somewhere, a star is shining with our name on it, and we don't see it, or we couldn't make it. I wondered, as we rang in the new decade, if this is even what all the flurry of the New Year's resolutions is about. The sense that if we could just be better, our life's path would become clear. There's a twist in the story, as some of you might expect, and others of you know if you've read it. As Artaman travels, he begins to give away the priceless gifts that he was taking to Jesus. He stops to help a man injured on the road. He gives the ruby to save a child from the soldiers that Herod sent to Bethlehem. He uses another jewel to buy a woman out of slavery and still another to get a prisoner released. And so, of course, what makes Artaban so compelling is that he reminds us that the journey is the destination. The wondering and wandering becomes the quest. There is, of course, though, the friends, the ones who never started out in the first place. And I think of them because I am a person who is often tempted to say that God will use you wherever you are. You don't have to do special things to live out God's purpose. And we see that in Artaban. He lives out the will for him even though he never makes it to where he thinks he's supposed to be. We also see the challenge of discernment the ones who turned down the possibility, who never set out, who never took the risk. And so I think we're called to balance the possibility that we are exactly where God can use us most with the possibility that that little urge we might be feeling, that little sense of unease, is the Spirit. And it is calling us to something bigger than we could have dreamed of. That's the ongoing work of discernment and call in our Christian lives. So in the spirit of this, in the spirit of pondering where God might be calling us in the new year, I want to share with you a practice that's called star words. Some of you may have done it in other congregations. If you have ever done a practice like One Word 365 where you choose a word for your year and that becomes your focus, or maybe you've set a family mission statement for the year. This is similar, except that the word is chosen for you. 
They are not magic. We're going to pass them around, and you will take out a word that you can't see and see what it says to you. And I'm going to invite us to do this as an intergenerational activity. So as you take your word, turn to those near you and make sure that if there are children near you, you are including them. And let's take a few minutes just to ponder what our word might be saying to us. There was at first kind of a stunned silence as we all looked at our words, and I heard somebody say, I don't know how I feel about this word. (laughs) So if that is you or that was still you, the invitation is just to ponder it for the year and see if or what it opens up for you. And there was another wonderful suggestion, which I would echo, that you take these home and cut them out and put it on a bathroom mirror or on your refrigerator And it might become just a prompt throughout the year that you revisit and see if it's speaking to you in a new way or offering new light on a situation that you find yourselves in. So they are open-ended and up for your interpretation. Friends, go forward to be people of the light, to be seekers of God's way, and to be ones who welcome others onto the journey. And as you do know that the light of God surrounds you, the love of God enfolds you, the power of God protects you, and that wherever you are, God is. Amen.